Welcome to Word for Wednesday. This is Rita Langland, your host from Hidden with Christ Ministries. Last week, I spoke with you about why Christians go through hardships in life. And I used as my example the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis and how he ended up being sold as a slave in on in Egypt. He was ended up becoming a prisoner because of false accusations. And all these things happened to him, though he was a fervent believer in the one true God. And so he may have even had that question in his heart. Why is this happening to me, God, when I trust you and I love you and I follow you? And we as human beings and as believers in our generation, are often faced with those same sorts of questions when difficulty, trials, afflictions, or hardship come into our lives or into the lives of those we love. You may have listened to last week and thought, well, that's an Old Testament example. We're New Testament believers. Things should be different for us. So I wanted to address that issue with you today and talk about why God does allow hardship sometimes to come into our lives and how we as believers should deal with it. I want to give you today a story about a very modern day person, someone in this century, who also endured some very serious uh, difficulty and hardship and his family went through this hardship as well and how God used the very thing, the very vehicle of that hardship to bring him to a place that God wanted him to be and to literally change his life and give him a purpose that he had no idea was in the heart of God. So as you're listening to this story, I want you to think about your own situation. You may be in a, such a difficulty that you are wondering why God doesn't deliver you from that problem right now. And if the word of God is true and God's a deliverer, that it should happen quickly and soon. And yet sometimes hardship goes on for months and maybe even years before God steps in and turns things around for the purpose for which he allowed it in the very beginning. So consider this story as you even think about your own situation or perhaps the situation of a Christian loved one in your life. There was a man by the name of Charles Colson. He happened to have been trained as a lawyer, very well educated man, was you could say on the rise in his career as an attorney in the United States. He ended up becoming special counsel to the president of the United States. So he had this very lofty position. He had an office in the White House. He was on his way and, and still a very fairly young man. And so he was quite proud of himself. His family was proud of him. And he was a tough-minded lawyer who worked hard and was very loyal to the president of the United States. The president at that time in history was President Richard Nixon. If you know anything about American history, you may know that President Richard Nixon ended up being the one and only, so far in history, president of the United States that ever was forced to resign in disgrace. So this gentleman, 
Charles Colson, who was the special counsel to the president, got caught up in the scandal that was happening in that particular White House administration. As a result, because he was so close to the president, many, many accusations were made that he knew about certain dirty political tricks that had taken place that were actually illegal. So many uh, accusations were printed in the newspaper, and this went on for a long time, and even to a point of almost two years, and the prosecutors were trying to pin on him certain what they consider crimes, breaking of the law, so that justice could be done and this corrupt president and all of his cronies could be imprisoned. The particular accusations and eventual charges that were brought against Charles Colson actually were not true. He was not guilty of those particular things. But during the course of his fighting these allegations, a long period of time that passed, Charles Colson gave his heart to the Lord. He became a Christian very seriously. He realized his life was empty. He realized that all of the pride that he had in his life was, was based on a false premise and that God was the only one who actually had power and that he needed to bow the knee to him. He genuinely became a Christian believer. And in the course of that, he had some godly men around him who prayed with him and, and helped him walk through this difficult time in his life because his reputation was being totally ruined as newspaper after newspaper printed articles accusing him because he was close to the president of these certain uh, crimes, though the allegations that they were, or the actual crime they were trying to pin to him was not accurate. It wasn't true. He hadn't done those things. But as time went by and as he prayed about his situation, he decided that he was guilty of something, but not something they had brought charges against. And he decided to go to the prosecutors and admit to this other criminal offense and as well as tell him he was definitely not guilty of the things that they brought, but that he was guilty of this other thing. And in confessing to that, he set himself up to be arrested and then prosecuted and found guilty. Well, he was going to plead guilty to the thing that he admitted to. And then he was going to be sentenced. Now, he's a believer at this point, And many people accused him of trying to use that to gain favor. But it wasn't true. He was simply trying to make his life right with God. So at this point in his life, God could have intervened for sure and given him a light sentence or helped him be given a suspended sentence or only probation so he didn't have to actually go to prison. Because as you know, when someone's in prison, it affects their family quite deeply. The breadwinner is now out of the picture. The family's under financial strain. And on top of all of that, Chuck Colson was going to lose his license to practice law. He was disbarred as a result of the uh, different offenses that were brought against him. So he was in a very difficult situation, but he allowed the prosecutor to accept his guilty plea, and then the judge sentenced him to one to three years in prison. He was quite surprised because others who had also been... Uh, convicted in a similar situation, had gotten only a matter of months 
in jail because these were white collar crimes, not violent crimes or anything. But his sentence was one to three years. He was quite devastated and hurting because he was concerned for his wife and his children. But God allowed that man who had this great education, who had been counsel to the president to go to prison. Now, why would the Lord allow this? He had humbled himself. He was a believer. He had been in prayer for, for himself and for the president, for all those around him. He was walking with God now, and he had done exactly what the Lord wanted him to do. He had confessed to what he had done wrong, and he pleaded guilty to it. But now he had to go to prison, and things became very hard for his life. The prison conditions were not good. People, there was someone in the prison that he was sentenced to uh, serve his term who had threatened to kill him. There was all kinds of trouble. His family was suffering. Why didn't God deliver him out of that situation? Why didn't God just give him a few months? Why didn't God get him out of there? Well, there was a divine purpose in God allowing this hardship to come into Charles Colson's life, even though he was a definitely sincere believer in Jesus Christ. In the course of his time in prison, the Lord taught him many, many things. But more than anything else, the Lord gave him a heart for the people who were imprisoned. He had been a lawyer. He had been involved in many things where people had ended up going to jail. And he never before had compassion or understanding of what those people go through and what their families go through. Charles Colson ended up, when he finally finished his prison term, when he got out, he felt the Lord speak to him, that God wanted him to start a prison ministry that would focus on helping prisoners make get their lives in order when they came out of prison, but also that would help the families of those prisoners. He started a ministry called Prison Fellowship. Prison Fellowship ended up expanding across the globe. It operates now in 170 nations, and Prison Fellowship helps the families of prisoners. It helps disciple those in prison so that when they are out of prison, they are ready to become productive members of society. God has a purpose in the hardship you may be going through right now, but it's important that as Chuck Colson did and as Joseph did while he was in prison and, and a slave, that you stay close to the Lord. You don't allow yourself to become embittered. You forgive everybody who has perhaps even been part of causing the hardship you're going through. Chuck Colson did that, but also Joseph did that in the Old Testament. And both Joseph and Chuck Colson ended up being propelled into a purpose they could not have imagined for their life. God was in the hardship. He didn't cause the hardship. Sinful people caused the hardship. Sin was the reason for the hardship. However, our New Testament promise from Romans 8.28 gives us insight into why God does allow, but also what God will do in the hardship you may be experiencing. Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, 
to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you love God? Are you called? You're called. Every person who loves the Lord has a calling. You may not even know your calling yet, but perhaps the difficulty you're going through will end up revealing God's divine purpose for your life as it did for Joseph in the book of Genesis and for Chuck Olson in our current society. God wants to use your life. Don't allow the hardship you're going through to cause you to become embittered, to cause you to become angry at God, to cause you to doubt God's love and goodness, but instead say, all right, Lord, what do you want me to learn in this process? Help me to have the attitude you want me to have toward others and help me to hear your voice in the middle of this hardship that I might be prepared to receive the good thing that you're going to bring forth from this season that I could have never imagined. That is your word for Wednesday.